It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We'll be joined shortly by Mike at Bengal underscore Sands Santagata shortly to talk about how to beat the Tennessee Titans and some of the matchups they present the Bengals. We're going to get started, though, with a bit of quick news. The first and most important note today, James, is that Trey Hendrickson was limited in practice and was seen by media at practice going through some positional drills, it appeared. I don't know how exactly football-specific exercise is differentiated from football drills and the return-to-play protocol, but that tells us that Trey Hendrickson is at least in Phase 3, if not, I think more likely, Phase 4 of the return-to-play and Phase 5 being the last phase. He's on his way back. And it sounds like Zach Taylor is optimistic that he is going to continue working his way through that protocol in a positive fashion. Yeah, it's great news. Great news, great news, great news. It's the best news you could have gotten on a Tuesday. Um, You know, I would say unless they were going to, well, no, yeah, it's the best news. Realistically, I was going to say, throw some super hypothetical thing out there that was impossible. So yeah, Trey Hendrickson, it feels like he's on track now, knock on wood to play on Saturday against the Titans. And obviously we'll keep you up to date throughout uh, the rest of the week there. Um, and then Josh Tupau was limited on Tuesday, which is is really good news because, well, Larry Ogunjobi, we know, out for the year, going to have surgery later this week, wheeled himself out to practice, was in a boot, uh, going to have surgery on that foot. So that stinks, but it is good to see that Tupau's back out there and and hopefully he can go because if he can, I'm not saying that the defensive line isn't a concern because you want Ogunjobi out there, of course, but you can still have that rotation a bit against this crazy front that we're going to talk about and, and really crazy animal and Derrick Henry that I, I saw practice clips of on Tuesday. The dude looks ready to go, and I would never want to tackle that man. Yeah, maybe there's some some vague hope that the fitness level isn't at its peak with the injury that ugh, he's been dealing ugh. with, but uh, I'm not ugh. counting on that. The other minor injury ugh. note is Stanley Morgan returned or continues, I think, to practice on a limited basis. I think he was practicing last week on a limited basis as well as he's dealing with a hamstring injury. But the Trey Hendrickson impact, certainly the most important, the best pass rusher on this team by a long shot, especially without Larry Ogunjobi, and they'll miss Ogunjobi's ability to penetrate. But getting Josh Tupo back just for that defensive line rotation, James, as you mentioned, is important. There's also a new face on the practice squad is Doug Costin who spent his rookie year in 2020 with the Jaguars as an undrafted free agent, actually played a bunch, more of a three-tack than a nose-tackle type, so kind of doing the same sort of idea as Larry Ogunjobi played over 400 snaps for the Jaguars in 2020. So he does come with a lot of regular season experience, but we'll see if we see him. Last note before we bring Mike in is Xavier Suofila was released by the Cincinnati Bengals on Tuesday. He was back off the IR, but when they activated him, 
I said at the time that I was skeptical that he would be active for any games in the postseason, barring injury. And instead, the Bengals just decided to release and give him a chance potentially to latch on elsewhere. But there wasn't really a path for him to be active on game days. Now, let's bring in Mike James and, and talk a little bit more about this Tennessee Titans matchup coming up on Saturday. We talked to Joe Goodberry about it yesterday. And Mike, welcome to the show. Let's start, as we often do, with Joe Burrow and this Bengals passing offense. We're going to hit on the passing offense and the matchup against the defense, the Titans. A good defense this year, at least hypothetically. We'll talk with Mike about whether that's really the case or not and what kind of challenges they present because they are an NFL defense at the very least. We'll also talk about the idea, this this dream of slowing down Derrick Henry or, or what might help the Bengals defensively with a man like Derrick Henry running against them in January when he's been an absolute monster. And we're going to come back to what's wrong with the running game and whether there's hope for that to get back on track here against Tennessee. But Mike, let's start with what Tennessee likes to do on defense. We've seen in recent weeks for Joe Burrow, a cover three scheme from Gus Bradley, where they're going to rush for all day. And then we've seen the exotic blitzes in front and more aggressive man kind of single high stuff from Kansas City and Baltimore. I got the impression from Kansas City that they do a little bit of everything. They're, they're a little bit more varied, but we're at least at some point this season running a lot of man. What were your takeaways when you checked out what they're doing on defense? Um, yeah, I, I definitely varied. Uh, similar to the Bengals in that retrospect where they play cover one, cover three about the same rate. So they throw in quarters, uh, the infamous cover six, whether or not it exists. And uh, <laughs> um, they play some Tampa too as well. They do some fun stuff with that. But everything, anything you name, just you know, name a number and cover in front of it. And they probably play it. But they do base a little bit more out of single high than anything else. When they get to obvious pass downs like the Bengals, they like to get into some too high stuff and prevent explosive plays. But it seems like a game where, for coverage-wise, you want Joe Burrow to be able to uh, – it would be awesome at home because he could try to pull them out of their shell and show what they're doing with hard counts and trying to utilize the snap count to his advantage. But on the road, he probably doesn't get that advantage, provided that Tennessee fans show up for the game and it's not all Bengals fans. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I – it's about every, it's just about everything. So, I mean, there's weak points on the defense, and I think that the cornerbacks, again, just because the Bengals wide receivers are so good, are going to be Septekins. Then if they're isolated up, I, I think Chase and Higgins are, are better. Yeah, I, I think they have the advantage there too, and they should probably have the advantage, right? Their receivers versus uh, opposing secondaries, hopefully uh, throughout the playoffs if they, you know, over the next three games, if they make it that far. What do you think the Titans are going to do? Um to Jamar Chase, do you think they'll double him or cloud him? You know what I'm saying by that, and uh, or do you think they go the T route and, and try to go that way? Because we've seen teams uh, do different things to these receivers, and, and obviously the Bengals can beat you with uh, a multitude of, of different weapons. With the way they like to play, I don't know if I would expect them to do anything crazy for Jamar Chase. I think they're going to they'll play maybe they'll play more too high than normal, especially on base downs just so they have a guy over the top always. But I don't think they're going to just play something like the Patriots used to with like one double number, I guess one, wow. 
uh, things like that. I think they'll try to play their normal coverages, and I mean, they could get burned by it. But I, I just, with the way they like to play, I'm not sure if they're willing to commit that many resources to one player. And we've seen, generally speaking, opposing defenses do what they do. It takes a pretty special kind of thing. Like we saw Devonte Adams, often a veteran is what dictates defensive coordinators changing their stripes to some degree. But for the most part, it seems like coaches like to do what they do. They do what they're good at. They do what's installed. They do what their players know. That said, the Tennessee Titans have had a little bit of extra time to prepare and probably could have anticipated facing the Cincinnati Bengals to some degree. So perhaps they've gotten a little bit of extra work in, but the other part of this game, obviously, for, for the passing offense is the defensive front for the Titans. And Jeffrey Simmons, obviously very good. Harold Landry's been very productive. And Denitra Autry has been pretty good, too. What is it that the Titans like to do? Because it seems like some of these guys are maybe getting schemes, some some pressure up. Is that the case when you watched? Yes, um, I think that Denico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons are both monsters i think harold landry's season not saying he's a bad player but i do think he's more of more like a sam hubbard than a trey hendrickson he's kind of getting some of these uh sacks and stuff schemed up and i mean i don't usually go on here with, with stats but brandon thorne um who does trench warfare Substack, he rates sacks called true sack rate and only three out of the 14 sacks for um Harold Landry were listed as high quality, and then there were eight low quality, and then the rest were coverage. So you could see that he's he can win, but for the most part, he's kind of getting schemed up and schemed up a lot by some stunts because Autry and Simmons are just they're really good at penetrating on stunts to free him up. And I think that's the scary part with how the right side of the offensive line handled stunts in the Raiders game. Coming up next, let's shift gears. We'll talk a little bit more about the obstacles that the Tennessee Titans offense presents to the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of play action stuff. Derek Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Sounds like a lot. We'll talk with Mike about how to make it manageable coming up next. If the Bengals are going to stop the Titans and mainly Derrick Henry, they have to get on the Bilt Bar plan. Uh, I already contacted Bilt Bar. We're going to get a full semi-truck full of Bilt Bars and send them to the Bengals ahead of Saturday's matchup. Why? Because Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. They're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, perfect for you, perfect for the Bengals, perfect for anyone trying to stay in shape. So whether it is a uh, post-workout protein punch that you're looking for, a midday snack, maybe you're just trying to look eat a little healthier rather, this uh, 2022, start 2022 off right, you can do so with Built Bar. And right now you're going to save money by going to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Don't delay, get the best protein bar on the planet and save 15% while you do it by using promo code LOCK15 at built.com. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Mike, we've talked a lot this week already. It's it's Tuesday as we record this, but already as we look ahead to the Tennessee Titans matchup, we've talked about Derrick Henry and the challenges that this Tennessee offense presents. And we've now learned that maybe Trey Hendrickson has a better chance of being back than we thought. But it kind of feels to me like they might need to score some points on offense in this game. And, and the Titans now healthy might be able to do the same. And there might be a little bit of a race up the scoreboard. But when when you take a look at the offensive line and Derrick Henry and the concepts that the Titans like to do, how do you see that matchup playing out with DJ Reader anchoring things for the Bengals inside? I think it'll be a battle. <laughs> I think the, the Titans, they get big guards, and they're going to try to bully around not just Reader, but also the other members on the front, the three techniques. Because they like to their main run to me is the duo run, which is a fast-hitting downhill type run you could think of why that would work with derrick henry you get a six whatever 250 pound dude running downhill and that's that's more scary than having them run sideways so they're going to try to vertically push on the run game and they they do some wide zone stuff and stretch out that way and i think roger saffold the left guard is i think the world of him i think he's a tremendous player and he really took it to the linebackers in the last game before he got injured when the Bengals and Titans played in 2020. Um, so when you look at the run game, it's a lot of wide zone, but it's mainly that duo run. So it's going to be a lot of who is going to hold it. Can you hold up through the double team? Because that's what happens on duo is as a nose tackle, as a three tech, they're going to try to double you and push you backwards. So can you, what, what's called like survive the, the wave, the tsunami, the 600 pounds of force that's pushing you back. Can you just not give up? two yards can you hold there and then when he goes to the next level you just throw that guy down you go try to make the play and when you're tackling derrick henry um it should be a lot of gang tackles he's just a big guy and kind of got to hope he's you know maybe around 80 percent not 100 percent yet yeah that's the scary part to me is i, I still think even 80 percent. i was just watching like i said earlier in the pod man watching uh videos of him i think he's uh you know, he's just a freak. He's an animal. Um, the, the other part of this, um, to me, it, you don't have Okunjobi. We talked about it on the pod multiple times from a, a pass rush penetration standpoint earlier in the show we did as well. Is that a big loss in the run game, not having him if you have two pile back? Or um, are, do you think defensive line wise, because we know what Hendrickson brings as an edge rusher, um, but are they set up right? Because DJ Reader's the guy right at three tech or at uh at nose that that you would expect to have a big game in this type of matchup are they okay especially the interior wise d-line wise uh to go up against this this crazy titans rushing attack i think i think larry okinjobi's a very good pass rusher and i think where he does have his issues is he likes to just he likes to just fly upfield and try to push guys back in the run game too in a situation like this we're going to get a lot of double teams 
If you put mm. Tupo next to Reader, next to BJ Hill, I think that might be a better interior three-piece than the Ogunjobi Reader BJ Hill one. So I think Tupo, just by virtue of, I think he's a little bit larger and he's a little bit harder to move. That'll help them a lot, especially when they try to get fast downhill on these duo plays. Because, I mean, if you've got all three of those guys holding strong through any double teams, then those duo runs are hard. I mean, Derrick Henry's got to lower his shoulder and he's going to try to push for as many yards as he can. But it's better to have that contact hit around zero to one yards than letting him get free into the linebackers. Yeah, and that's where the breakaway threat is for Derrick Henry because it's not like he's Jerome Bettis out there or Mike Allstott. You need three yards, we'll get you three yards. You need four yards, we'll get you three yards. This is a guy that can run away from defenses too and actually has done most of his damage this year incidentally on the edges. He's averaging 6.3 yards when he runs to the right end outside of the right tackle or outside of the tight end on the right side is how PFF describes it anyway. 214 yards, 6.3 a carry over there on the left end, 5.8 yards per carry up the middle in the A-gaps, 4.0 on the right A-gap, 3.2 yards per attempt on the left A-gap, according to PFF charting this year. So kind of interesting there, and we'll see if that holds up this week. Kind of speaks to Derrick Henry's ability to beat you outside, but my my other, I guess, uh, question or, or point of intrigue this week is, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee has been a pretty good quarterback, especially when Derrick Henry has been healthy this year. He lost Derrick Henry. He lost AJ Brown. They lost Julio Jones for part of the season. Those guys all now healthy. What is it that Ryan Tannehill is is going to present uniquely and this offense from a schematic perspective is going to do uniquely. That's going to, to challenge the Bengals in terms of the play action game, or how are these receivers going to be stressful? Schematically, the thing that's frustrating trying to defend them is you know the duo run that i just talked about it's fast and downhill well you need your linebackers to try to flow into that when it's a quick hitting play like that that's where a lot of their play action game comes off of so you get the linebackers to try to come up and fill because they're worried about derrick henry hitting quick and then you throw the play action pass behind them they do a a lot of naked boots off of their wide zone type stuff too and that's where i think the Bengals can counter with some blitzes off of the edge. But the thing that Tannehill presents unique as a quarterback to me is, and I think this gets talked about a lot because he used to play receivers. He's really quick. He's he's he, he runs off. It almost feels like once a game, he has like a 40 yard run. And we just saw Derek Carr scamper for, I think that might've got called back, but it was a, a big long run or was that? No, that was the play that they got a, I don't remember, but you saw him run. <laughs> Whether or not it counted, mm-hmm. you saw him have a big run. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So that's something that you can't give up with Ryan Tannehill, which makes it difficult with playing man coverage because that's when you get those big quarterback runs. So you need to keep eyes on the quarterback and if he can scramble by playing some zone stuff. And um, I think that's the thing that's unique is that he, they try to keep you in the zone they have Tannehill to threaten if you try to play man, especially any man without any low hole type defender. And then they also, they threaten you quick with that run game and they try to throw over the top over routes and everything. And AJ Brown's a little bit like Jamar chase in that he's a thick dude and he can break tackles. And he, he was the original rookie yak King, I think, because everybody was talking about how he was running after the catch and now it's chase's title, but don't forget about him because I mean, when he's fully healthy, that guy, He's strong and he's fast. 
I have one quick follow-up, James, if you don't mind. Last week, it was pointed out that the Bengals kind of stayed in nickel a little bit at times when the Raiders went to 12 personnel. Is that something that you think is Darren Waller specific? Do you think we'll see them go, or, or was it because of injuries, or do, we, or do you think we'll see them go more traditional matching personnel with Derrick Henry in the backfield for the Titans? I thought some of that was injuries. They thought they were going to have Daniels, and he gets injured on the first play, and then later in the game, uh, Joby's out, so they're trying to really recreate what they could do in a base with their nickel front, but I wouldn't do that against the Titans. <laughs> I'll say that, because uh, they'll take advantage of it running the ball more than the Raiders could. Um, I would expect that they just match what the offense does. Real quick, Sans, what, uh, what do you think of Julio Jones? What is he right now? Is he like AJ Green, or like 2021 AJ Green in Arizona with Tennessee. Does he got more juice left than that? Because he's been banged up. I haven't watched a ton of them. Obviously, uh, you can look at stats all you want, but is is he still a legit threat? I think he's more of a threat than his stats indicate, and he's been injured a lot. But it's really an unknown because he's been out for a while. I know he. I think he scored his first touchdown of the year, Week 18. He's still the dude. He's still a dude that I would be worried about. And maybe that's just me thinking, oh, that he looks a little bit slower because of injury. And maybe I'm thinking like he's going to recover and he's going to come off and look like at least 80% of Julio Jones. Um, but it's also possible some of these injuries, he's up there in age, just like AJ Green, where maybe they sap some of his athleticism. He's still strong, can do all the wide receiver stuff but he just doesn't have the same type of athleticism. And I mean, that's probably fair to say he doesn't have his peak athleticism, even if he's not injured. That's just another thing, virtue of just getting older. So I, I'd still be a little bit worried, but I, I don't think it's Atlanta Falcons or Leo Jones. So it's, it's uh, depending on where he lines up, I guess. It's a Chidobe Awuzie, AJ Brown matchup that we're going to be watching. That's the premier matchup when the Titans offense is on the field as far as skill guys that aren't Derrick Henry. Last note I want to hit real quick before we move on to the defense is Ryan Tannehill seems to be putting the ball at risk a lot this year, averaging a turnover worthy pass as PFF charts it once out of every 30 or so attempts. Does that show up for you, Mike, when you watch him? Is he putting the ball in danger? A little bit, and specifically with Julio, it feels like they're not on the right page, kind of like Burrow and A.J. Green last year. So, I mean, that's a great spot if they can, if Bates can continue his career postseason run here and uh, maybe get an interception off an errant ball to Julio. But, uh, yeah, it shows up a little bit, I think, especially when some of those guys are injured, which they're not. So, <laughs> But he, he doesn't look to be on the same page with Julio Jones. Yeah, let's let's shift gears. Let's get to the running game. Because the running game for the Bengals has been in a bit of a funk since week 11, week 12 of the regular season. And it's still an important part of the offense. And they're going to run the ball. So is there hope that it will get better? We'll talk about that in just a minute. If you think the Bengals are going to handle business in Nashville this weekend, well, they're three and a half point underdogs, according to betonline.ag. And BetOnline is exactly where you should go to make all of your sports wagering bets this season. And it might not even be, you know, Bengals, Titans. Maybe you want to wager on some of these other matchups, whether it's Rams, Bucks, go Bucks. Sorry, that's my Brady bias showing. And also, I want to see Brady Burrow in the Super Bowl. So why not? You can wager on them all at betonline.ag. You can check out their new updated desktop and mobile website. It's super easy to use. It's a great, great interface. 
And uh, if you're new to betting, it's okay. It's real easy to use at betonline.ag. And right now, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N. Locked On. You get free money and you can bet on Burrow and the crew or NBA or UFC or boxing or anything you could think of. Betonline.ag has it. Again, use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline is where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's wrap up the show today, guys, with their running offense. And there's been a lot of consternation, I would say, in general in the last few days since since that postseason victory. The Bengals won, guys. Let's remember that first and foremost, that the Bengals ran it too much on second down. We talked about it in the red zone. We talked about it on the last drive of the game. And just looking at the run numbers in general lately, Joe Mixon in this offensive line seemed to be struggling compared to especially early in the season when Joe Mixon had some dominant games. Mike, when you're looking at this, is this a, a personnel issue? Is this a right tackle, right guard? Aren't the guys that they started the year with issue? Or is it a different guy every play? What in your estimation has gone off with the Bengals running game? I think it's mostly probably a little bit of a personnel issue. The guys that they have in there, understandably, are almost all better pass protectors than they are run blockers. And, I mean, eventually that just starts to show up. Uh, Jackson Carmel was a guy that I thought might be a little bit better of a run blocker than pass protector, but now he's he's the backup and uh, an energy's in. So I think it's a lot of personnel. I think it is a bit the right guard and right tackle, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it. There's times it's the left guard, it's the left tackle, it's the center. Um, it's just when you have guys like that who are more adept in their pass protection than they are their run game, and they're already not world beaters. They're just a s- decent offensive line that you usually run into something like on this play, this guy messed up. On this guy, on this play, this guy couldn't block his assignment. So, from what I see, it's a little bit more of the personnel. Do you anticipate? this run game getting back to at any point, and you know who's left in the playoffs, there's only eight teams, getting back to a point where it is, you know, oh, Joe Mixon ran for a buck 25 today and two touchdowns. Can they get there? Or is it unrealistic to expect them, given the personnel, to get that kind of push and, and open up those those type of holes? This week's probably rough because, as I've mentioned, I think three times already, uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry are just, they're, they're dudes in that interior. And the Bengals interior of their offensive line are uh, the best ones hobbled. <laughs> so, and the other two, uh, they're probably not going to push those guys around too much. On the edge, you got Bud Dupree, who I don't think is an awesome pass rusher, but as we know from Pittsburgh, he's a good run defender. And then Harold Landry is another guy that's pretty good in run defense too. So their front is full of guys that they want to be able to stop the run no matter what the offense, is, the other offense is trying to do so that they can get after the pass rush on third and long. So I don't think this is a week for it. I think it's possible that 
it's it's tough. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, and the Bills are a little bit easier to run against than these than uh, the Titans. And then on the other side, the Packers, I think, that's a game you could probably run the ball a bit if it, that was the Super Bowl. But that's looking pretty far ahead. Um, so yeah, I I think that uh, this week's probably not going to be a Joe Mixon game. I think it's a let Joe Burrow cook game. And so, yeah, I, and I, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I just real quick, um, hopefully next week we're talking about, all right, is this the job? I want to revisit this comment and hopefully next week we can go ahead, Jake. I didn't even have a question. I just wanted to note that, that I am certainly rooting for us talking about Mixon running against the bills or chiefs. Go ahead. Jake. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about Joe Mixon in this run game for, for two more weeks, three more weeks. Let's talk about it until February. I'm down. Uh, talking talking about everything we've we've covered here, the the strengths and weaknesses of the Tennessee defense, the the strength in the defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons, the anchor there, of course. If if you're Zach Taylor and you're looking at this game, last week we talked about a few concepts. What are what are the what are the weapons you're most excited to deploy from a play calling perspective on offense? What are the what are the tactics? or or matchups that you like the best and and how would you exploit them oh i think i'd go either of the corners but i'd like to see chase try to run some double moves or post post routes against norris jenkins because he's getting older i think chase is the better player um fulton he's still he's still young and spry and has the athleticism to catch up but jenkins i think if if they try to play their quarter stuff or quarter quarter half type things and they might do the half and uh do the cloud to chase like you've seen before but if if they've got him in quarters coverage where that guy's got his butt to the sideline and trying to cover jamar chase sprinting downfield and maybe running a post pattern that's tough especially because chase is just so fast and on the other side somebody could correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think fulton's a huge corner like uh size wise so that could be something that you isolate t higgins with him a little bit and try to work that i'm sure the titans if that's true because i'm not 100 sure uh i'm i think the titans would know that too and they might want to switch those matchups because jenkins probably a little bit more physical and fulton a little bit more young spry athletic um and then you always have to worry about their two safeties over the top especially kevin byard and you can't get fooled into thinking you have a coverage that you like and then you throw the post and Byron's waiting for it and then it becomes a little bit of pass defense from Jamar Chase but yeah what I'd like to see is a double move a post and then the same things they kind of did against uh, the Raiders too because they do like to play a lot of single high and we'll see if they try to do that but just isolate them on 10-15 yard out routes comebacks curls things like that make those guys tackle Jamar Chase as well because I mean that's as I've pounded the table about that's something he's really good at running after the catch yeah Fulton's 5'11". I was gonna, yeah, I was just gonna say he's a little bit bigger than Jenkins. At least he's listed about ten pounds heavier. Go ahead, James. No, I, it's all right. I mean, I like even. I, good luck to either one of those guys trying to tackle Jamar Chase. I mean, so that's uh, you know, I don't. I, size wise, I, I don't think that's an issue. You're right though. The safeties, the safeties are what's scary, and um, hopefully Burrow's ready. It, this is a Burrow Cook game. Let's be honest here, fellas. It's a Burrow better Cook. Cook up the winning formula. And he's been great. And he, so, no as somebody pointed out in the Burroughs press conference today, he's been great in all of his playoff games lately, going back to college. This is a guy that, oh, my favorite question in the press conference today, then Dan we'll Horde. get out of here. Dan Horde yep. asked Joe Burr, have you ever been bad? 
in a playoff game? Have you ever just like been awful and just really stunk it up? And Burrow kind of laughed at the question. He's like, no, I don't think I ever have. He has in any sport at any level. And Burrow's like, no, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that moment. He's got that earned confidence, man. I, I, I love that about Joe Burrow. Look at you dropping the Zach Taylor line, earned confidence. He's, he, he's, I think I said that before, Zach Taylor. I think Taylor took that for me. I don't buy that. I, I think, I, I think I he's got – I think he's the got season. the – See, I'm going to say a lot – Oh, Taylor said it in during the draft. but uh, I'm sure – yeah, and it he, goes way back. But I'm going to say a line that everybody said. He's got the swagger, man. I mean, the yeah. dude also said – He was asked about those Cartier glasses. He was like, <laughs> eh, I probably won't wear them this week. He was like, maybe in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, what does that imply? That doesn't imply he's playing Rocket League on his couch in a couple of weeks. So we'll see. You got you to gotta keep that vision unimpaired for Rocket League, of course. I think that's it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Tomorrow we cross over with Tyler from Locked On Titans to get a look at things from the Titans' point of view. They're sitting pretty. They think they're on top of the world with that one seed, that first round bye. Will the Bengals bring them back to earth? We'll have a little bit of that conversation tomorrow. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.